You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. Yeah, look at that image. That is actually some um, AI-generated art. I've been having a little bit of a play. Lots of fun. So, yeah, the the great uh, intelligence out there on the internet made that one. At my instruction, I must say. Um, Summer, we get lots of summer storms, don't we? I was chatting with uh, someone the other night and they were telling me about their air conditioning in a house need re- needing replacing because uh, a storm had fried the air conditioning. So that meant that uh, the insurance covered it, which is always a good thing, isn't it, when your insurance can cover, cover things like that. Uh, daily life can feel like a bit of a storm, though. Is that just me? Or or do other people, do you feel like sometimes you're just living in this metaphorical storm? Maybe for some of you it's just the occasional gentle storm that comes and goes, but but possibly for some of us here today, it feels like you're living in the equivalent of a tropical cyclone most days. What was your storm this week? Maybe you had fine weather this week. But the thing with with storms of life and and storms generally is that they feel chaotic and they're noisy, aren't they? They're unpredictable, they're uncontrollable and they just feel really, really uh, dangerous and and scary, don't they? If you were to write down everything that you do or are responsible for in a week, for many of us, it would be a very long list, wouldn't it? If you had to think about all of the uh, unexpected challenges or difficulties that you've faced in the past year, have a think for a moment, your past year, the challenges, the difficulties, I suspect there would be many if you sat and thought about them. For many people, there's quite significant stress, isn't there, associated with the responsibilities or the difficulties of of just your daily life. A study by the Mental Health Foundation in Australia found that 63% of Australians reported experiencing moderate to high levels of stress in their daily lives. And so the chances are that more than half of us listening to this today are living each day with moderate to high levels of stress. And of course, if you've experienced stress, you know the impact it has on your your physical body, doesn't it? It it affects all parts of your body, your musculoskeletal system, your respiratory system, your cardiovascular system, your endocrine system, your gastrointestinal system, your, your nervous system, even your reproductive system can be affected. And I look at that that little list and and I reckon I could could tick off almost all of those as being um, something that has affected me at various points in my life because of stress. So we all deal with this stuff, don't we? Of course, this in turn affects our relationships, our work, our enjoyment of God, doesn't it? Of course, we're called to be men and women created in the image of God to rule and reign with our creator, to flourish and live a joy-filled, abundant life that Jesus offers us. And, and, And we're called to show others what life in this kingdom looks like. 
Perhaps that feels unattainable to you. Maybe that feels like a theoretical life. Does that ever feel just Bible talk, but not real talk? Does it ever feel like it's something that's promised to you, but not fulfilled? I want to say this, life feels like a storm because the world and people in it are broken. And of course, our our three circles there that we looked at, life feels like a storm because we've got this tendency, haven't we, to rule our own lives and to leave God out of the picture. Or maybe, maybe we just sort of passively ignore him or forget about him. Maybe we're, we're not trusting him. Maybe for some of us, we, we actually deliberately turn away and reject him in our lives. And of course, humanity tries to escape this brokenness, don't we? Careers, getting money, overachieving, drugs, alcohol, relationships, recreation, houses, holidays. But it's like that bungee cord just keeps snapping us back into brokenness back into the storms of life. I think another image for that that broken circle there that I think describes many people's lives in in modern uh, Western countries like Australia is that of a rat wheel. Those little wheels that rodents just jump on and run and run around and around and around. And it doesn't matter how, how far you run, how fast you run, how slow you run. <laughs> Maybe sometimes you're just kind of crawling on that rat wheel. But nothing seems to change sometimes. There, there doesn't seem to be that, that breakthrough that we're going after. I think, though, if you've been asking, how do I escape that rat wheel... How do I uh, escape the, the storms of life? I want to say, I think that might actually be the wrong question to ask. I think a better question to ask, more powerful question is, how might I live in God's presence? How might I actually live in that first circle with the love heart? That's a better question to ask. Because we're we're made to live in that circle, aren't we? And so I think the real question that we need to be going after and and, and seeking an answer to and and running after is how can we live in that first circle, in that loving uh, relationship with our Creator, with our Heavenly Father? I think we can live a strong and a stable and a solid and a wise and a satisfying life within the storms of life when our life is rock solid. When our life is rock solid. And here's what Jesus means by a rock solid life. Let me read again Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I think there was actually the scriptures for that, that one, Simeon. A rock-solid life begins with a cross, doesn't it? That, that circle down the bottom. A rock-solid life begins with a cross. I think we have that picture up again next, mate. Yep. A rock-solid life begins with the cross, that circle down the bottom there. And, of course, the cross, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that's what enables us or, or permits us to live in God's presence. So the cross means we can But there's a process that must take place for us to reform those old automatic instincts we have to run away from the kingdom of God. It's, it's kind of like we're, we're hardwired to, to run away from God. The cross means that we can live in God's presence, but we've got all of this, this hard wire, wiring, this formation that the, the, the world has formed in us that means we, we are, um, I guess, our default is to run away from God. And, and so we, we need to undergo a process to retrain us as people to instead lean into the kingdom of God, to run towards the kingdom of God. The cross means we can, but I don't think it guarantees that we will enjoy Jesus in our daily life, enjoy his presence, enjoy that, that, that fullness of, of delight in him. Because we're so used to living in circle two, the, the habits of our life have been shaped around broken living, the habits of our life have been shaped around this, this sin living. And then more than that, we're, we're living, we're immersed in a world that is constantly pulling us in the direction of brokenness. It's like a tide. You know, you walk along the beach and, and as the tide washes over your feet and then pulls back out, you can, you can feel it pulling you out to sea or if you were to get stuck in a, in a rip, it, it pulls you against the direction that you want to go because you're, you're immersed in this, this, um, the, the, the ocean that is pulling you. And so it's a whole-of-life process for us as followers of Jesus to, to learn how to live in circle one, to learn how to live in God's kingdom, to learn how to live in God's presence. The cross means we can. The cross has given us access. It's all there for us. But we need to, to reform the, the habits of our heart the habits of our mind. We need to transform them. We need to be transformed. I've been watching the, uh, the remake of Anne of Green Gables on Netflix. It's called Anne with an E. And if you're familiar with the story, you'll know that Anne is an orphan and she comes to live with this uh, uh, older couple. They're, well, they're a brother and sister. But she's used to of living in an orphanage. She's used to of living as an orphan. 
and uh, at various points in her life she's lived in homes where she was basically a, a slave or a servant to uh, some very dysfunctional families, dysfunctional and abusive families. And so the way that Anne thinks, the way she interacts in her new home is shaped by her experiences of having been an orphan. Her, her old life is continuing to influence her new life. So she's no longer an orphan. She's no longer living in, in an abusive, slave-like situation. She's, she's in a new home, a home where she's loved, but, but she's been shaped by these previous experiences. And so uh, we, you see in the, the, the episodes Anne slowly learning how to live this new life where she's now a child with parents who love her and want good things for her life. And we're like that. We're like that. We're, we're kind of used to living in the orphanage as a slave to sin and a slave to brokenness. But now we've been adopted. We've been adopted into the family of God. But, but we need to learn how to live as sons and daughters, as, as people who are, are secure in the love of God. Dallas Willard, who's the spiritual formation kind of... Um, you know, big name. He, he says that spiritual formation is about preparing our souls to live in God's presence. It's about shaping us so that we enjoy God, that we desire God, so that we want him above all other things that this world might offer. But it's a process. When you plant a seed of a tree, it's not a tree as soon as you plant the seed. That's not how God's world works, is it? God's world things grow and develop and change and mature. And it's a slow and gradual process. That's the same for us and our souls. They must grow and be shaped and be transformed. So we can live differently in this world. We are called to live differently in this world, but the challenge for us, gosh, the challenge for me is do I? Do I? Or do I just sort of live like the rest of the world? I don't have to. I don't want to, but do I? In this passage in Matthew, Jesus shows for us what a, a stable, wise, solid, healthy kingdom living is based on. Of course, it's based on Jesus. It's based on him. And Jesus tells us there are two types of people in this world. There are the wise and foolish. I'll try not to refer to like, you know, the wise and the foolish That'd be fun, wouldn't it? There's the wise and the foolish. No, I won't do that to you. Everyone will jump up and switch sides, won't you? If you think you're one of the wise people, come and sit over here. No, I won't. No, I won't do that. Okay, all right. We'll chat afterwards. So there's two types of people in this world. There's the wise people and the foolish people. I mean, that sounds simple enough. Would you agree? You look around in the world and you go... 
Yep, there's wise people and there's foolish people. Sometimes I'm one of the foolish people. Hmm. I want to make a few observations about this, this passage. First observation is this. For both men, the storms still come. Like the wise man doesn't get to escape the storms, does he? For the wise man, the winds blow. They beat against the house. But the house didn't fall. It was strong, it was stable, it was secure. But for the foolish man, the rain comes, the waters rise, the winds blow and beat against the house, and with a great crash, it falls. Same circumstances, different outcome. Have you noticed that in people's lives? Same circumstances, different outcome. Of course, the wider context of this passage is the Sermon on the Mount. And, and in the, the, this context, Jesus isn't actually showing us how to escape the difficulties and the pressures and the disappointments of life. He's showing us how to live a good, wise, obedient life in spite of those difficulties. And so I think this should be our goal. Rather than worrying about trying to stop the inevitable problems or challenges that we face, rather than worrying about trying to stop the brokenness that we are experiencing, let's start focusing our attention on something that we can do. And that's building a rock-solid foundation for our lives, forming our lives on this rock you know, for me, I mean, it's an, it's an ongoing work in progress. I don't know, if you've figured out, if you've reached end point in this goal, let me know. <laughs> but, but it's an ongoing process, isn't it? And, and early in the week, I was having um, a Zoom session with a lady that I, I get professional uh, supervision from. So she's someone who's specially trained to support pastors in their role. And, and so I was having this supervision session with this lady and um, I came to the session feeling very pressured and overwhelmed by, I guess, just the unpredictable nature of what my life this year might look like. You know, starting a new job and navigating work and church and family and, and, and personal well-being and my own spiritual life. And, and what I discovered as I was, I was talking with her is that I was caught up in trying to control the storm that was brewing. Pop that, that picture of the box back up there, mate. I was trying to control the storm that was brewing. It was like I was trying to put this storm in a box. And it's impossible. You can't put a storm in a box. I can't control the, the, the storms of my life. And so what I realised, that, that I was actually more worried about the potential difficulties rather than any actual problem I was facing... And I was looking at the storms on the horizon rather than realising, rather than realising what, what was really true and significant, and that was that my house is built on the rock. And I'm going to be safe in that storm because I have a rock-solid foundation. I have a rock-solid foundation. I'm standing on the rock of Jesus 
It's my relationship with Jesus that is my rock solid foundation. It's my faith in him. And investing in that faith foundation needs to be my focus. Reforming the way I think and feel and the things that I prioritise in my life, that needs to be my focus, not the storm on the horizon. Not the brokenness that I might be experiencing in here or in here or in my physical body or or wherever. I need to be focusing on that rock and that faith upon which I stand, not the chaos around me. And so we, as believers, we need to build our life on the rock of Jesus. He is the foundation for a rock-solid life. Any other foundation is not going to stand up when we're under pressure. We've been, as, as you would know, because I've been talking about it for a while, but we've been building a deck at our house. And if you recall our old deck, it was, it was all wood and it was rotting and people would walk on the deck and their feet would go through the deck. The, the, the wood would collapse under their weight. Now we've upgraded to eco deck. Never paint sand or stain again. <laughs> this stuff I think has something like a 50 year warranty. Is that right? 20? No, 50 sounds better. Let's say 50. <laughs> better, better last longer than 20 years. And it's expensive, that stuff. But anyway. Um, so we've upgraded to this eco deck. I mean, it's beautiful and it's strong. But the real problem with the deck wasn't what was on top. The real problem with the deck was what was underneath. Okay, so the, the foundation of the deck was rotting. It, it had rotted. And so if we had just put our fancy, fancy new eco decking over the rotted joists and bearers, what's going to happen? We're still going to crash through, aren't we? doesn't matter how nice that eco-decking is. If what's under it isn't strong and stable and secure, it's hopeless. And so we've upgraded our, our wooden joists and bearers with metal. Metal joists and bearers. And that baby's going nowhere. Ever. Ever. So our lives are like that deck. It's not just going to work in the long run to put a few surface level self-care routines in place and think that somehow our, our life and our living is going to be transformed. It, it, it won't work just to say, well, I'm a Christian now. That's enough, end of story. I'm just going to keep living my life with the same rhythms and routines that I always have, with the same rhythms and routines that the rest of the world does, and that I'll be okay when the storms come. The foundation we're building must be on Jesus and his teaching and his ways. It's it's him that a wise builder will build their life upon. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 11. By the grace God has given me, 
I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care for no one can lay any foundation other than the one that is already laid, which is Christ Jesus. He's the equivalent of your metal decking. Build on that. Don't don't build on the old wooden stuff. You're going to collapse. And so the, the, the second observation I'd make about this passage then is that these two men, the, the wise and the foolish, okay, so they both, they both experience storms, same circumstance, different outcomes because of what they've been building on. But these two men, the wise and foolish, they both hear the word of God. Right? They both know what Jesus says. But there's a key difference in what they do with that knowledge. A rock-solid life is not simply based on saying yes to Jesus, hearing the word of God. It's based on putting what he says into practice. Know what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says. It's that simple. Know it, do it. James 1, 22 to 25 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. If you look at the perfect law that gives freedom and forget what you've heard and don't do and apply to your life what you've heard, well, then you're like the foolish man. If you have a look at this passage in the the wider context of Matthew chapter 7 and I encourage you, go home and have a read at this whole chapter. I don't have time to spell it all out but but just quickly you'll see that in in, coming before this uh, passage you'll see that there's some things about true versus false disciples. So those people that look like they're his followers because they've got the outward appearance of, of being so but they're not. Their house looks right. Their house looks like the other people's houses. But it's not built on the same foundation. You'll see that Jesus is talking about some people who seem to be part of God's kingdom, but inwardly they're like ferocious wolves. They look the part, but inwardly they're not. Uh, You see him talk about lives that might look like a promising fruit tree, but they bear bad fruit. He talks about people who speak God's word to others. They even drive out demons, perform miracles. Externally, they look amazing, but they're not doing the will of the Father and Jesus does not know them as his own. Many hear the words of Jesus, but, and that's the wide gate and the broad road, but few actually enter into obedience. That's the narrow way. 
And so Jesus here is highlighting a mismatch between how people think they are and how they really are. Some people's lives truly are not transformed by the gospel and truly are not built on uh, the rock of Jesus and living his way as Lord, as King, as leader. People who think that they are his disciples, they, they know his word, they say they are his disciples, they appear to be his disciples. You know, on the surface, their house looks great, but it's built on the sand and it has no foundation because they're not changed by the word. Another way of saying this is uh, what Robin referred to last week. Uh, There's a difference between belief and trust. Belief is knowing what God teaches. It's understanding. It's having this this cognitive framework for what God God says in in our brains. And um, we believe in what he says in the sense of giving some sort of mental agreement with it. All right? Tick. That's, That's true, we think. It's right, we think. And so we believe the words or teaching of Jesus. But trust goes further. If you don't believe, you're certainly never going to trust, are you? So you do have to believe. But trust goes further. Trust is more than belief. Trust is putting these words into practice. It's relying on them. It's shaping our lives on them. It's knowing that they are good and intentionally putting them into action and and integrating them into the the whole of our daily living, not just the superficial parts of our life or the Sunday parts of our lives. And so the teaching and the ways of Jesus needs to be obeyed for us to have a life that is rock-solid. So as we reflect on this passage and and as we apply it to our lives, like how might your life look different if you focused on the rock instead of the storm? What would it look like in your life to take the words and the ways of Jesus and to consistently, intentionally, deliberately shape your daily living with him at the centre. What would that look like? Now, some of us are already very intentional about not just hearing the word of God, but doing it as well. And and for some of us, it is already part of your daily rhythms and routines in your life. You've woven a life of following Jesus into all of, all of you. It's bearing fruit and it's noticeable. And, and in your life, when the rain comes and, and when the water rises and, and when the winds blow, you know, you, you get buffeted. But instead of panicking and trying to run and escape and avoid or distract yourself or self-medicate or get worried or get angry or give up. You trust those foundations, don't you? You trust those foundations that you've been building are strong and that they will keep you safe and secure. Instead of crashing when the storms come, do you know what you do? You drive another steel rod down into that bedrock. And you're able to live an increasingly 
wise and calm, peace-filled life of favour and of blessing and of good works and of holiness because your life, it's, it's, it's rock solid on Jesus. Isn't that what we all want? Don't you want your life to be transformed in that way so that it's, it's no longer bound up in that, that brokenness but that so you're free to truly live where you, you, you've been um, given uh, the, the, the right and where you've been invited to live in God's perfect love and presence? Don't you want that? Perhaps you're aware that your life is currently built on the equivalent of sand. And you're like, Annette, my life is not just built on sand, it's built on quicksand. And I am sinking fast. It's out of control, it's unfocused, it's chaotic. And you're sick of it. You're sick of it. You're drowning in life. And you think, at any moment, I think I might fall with a crash that's you today I want to encourage you with this Psalm 40 verse 1 and 2 I waited patiently for the Lord he turned and heard my cry and he lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and the mire and he set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand I'd say to you today, call out to God. Trust him to to lift your your life out of that old, broken, chaotic life. I'd encourage you to stop trying to, to bungee cord your way out, to turn, place your trust in Jesus, the solid rock of Jesus. Because if you do that, If you do that, you'll have a solid basis on which to build a wise and a good life. And so as you practice what Jesus says, as you frame your life around him and how he tells you to live, you will find the chaos less disruptive and and you will find with increasing measure you can live that life of confidence and goodness and wisdom and effectiveness in the presence of God and his love. And so could I leave you with this um, request? Would you read Matthew 7 this week? If you like going above and beyond, read the whole of the Beatitude, the Sermon on the Mount. Start with with, um, chapter 6 or wherever it begins. Read it. Ponder it. And ask God, how might this passage apply to you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just, um, yeah, we just thank you for the precious truth that through the cross we are able to uh, live in your presence. We are able to enjoy that living, loving relationship with you. But Lord, we confess that often we, we turn away from what you offer and what you freely give us and, and we turn away and we, we get caught up in the the the, the chaos of life in our society. We get caught up in our old ways, in our old thinking, in our old ways of doing things, Lord. We get busy, we get distracted. Lord, we're sorry when we live in brokenness instead of living in your kingdom. Lord, forgive us for that. 
Forgive us for our, our, our lack of faith at times in knowing that, that, that Christ is the solid rock upon which we, we stand. So, Lord, would you show us what it looks like to, to intentionally, deliberately um, focus the rhythms of our life upon you, Jesus, upon your ways. Because we know that when we do that, you will grow in us that, um, that, that beautiful uh, new, uh, newness of life. You'll grow in us that, that holiness and that righteousness. Our, our lives will, will grow the fruit of the Spirit. We will grow in, in love and in peace, in patience, in self-control. Heavenly Father, that's, that's what we want to see happen. We want our lives to be fruitful for you. We want our souls to delight in nothing but your presence and your ways and your wisdom. So, Heavenly Father, I just pray that as a church we would, um, we would, we would grow in you, that that solid rock of Jesus would truly be the foundation of our life. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.